0: You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. What I've got this morning is not exactly easy. Easy to, to give, maybe not easy to hear. Um, it was a challenge that I, I received a couple of weeks ago in my personal time in prayer and devotion, just was hit by this piercing question and it was just this. It compelled more and more to not only just to be kept for myself but to bring it forward and to share with all of you guys. So I hope that you can hear it, you can be applied and that we can learn something together as we go through it. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be looking at one person in the Bible called Peter. Now just to give a bit of uh, a brief background, Peter we know was a disciple, he was a follower of Jesus and he dropped his livelihood when Jesus said, follow me, he dropped everything and he followed. He saw uh, a great number of miracles. He saw firsthand a great number of miracles that Jesus performed. He witnessed um, for example, a girl being risen from the dead. He saw even Jesus walking on water towards him but then even had his faith challenged Step out of the boat and to walk on water towards Jesus. However, there was a big uh, challenge that was before him and uh, a fundamentally important lesson that he was going to learn, and this is where we're going to, to take it from. So, I'm going to be sharing from a lot, lot of scripture, and it, I've put it on the PowerPoint so it saves you time for so the to rum- rummage through your Bible. But we're going to look firstly in Matthew, uh, chapter 26, from verse 31 to 35. And this is at the Last Supper. And it's just following the last time the disciples were around the table with Jesus. And then this happened. Jesus told them, told the disciples, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if I fall away on account of you, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. We're now going to move forward to Mark. Mark 14, verse 66 to 72. And it says, While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls, the high priest, came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses on himself and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and he wept. This is not all. We're going to move forward now. Jesus, he, he was crucified, but then he was raised to life again. And then we see this encounter, this again, that Peter had with Jesus in John, chapter 21, verses 15 to 17. This is really where the heart of what I'm going to be sharing comes from. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. my Within this um, portions of Scripture that we read, we see a real change that happened in Peter. And there's three aspects that I want to draw to our attention that you know I was challenged by when I was uh, when this came to me when I was reading it and when I was studying into it. I think this is there's a lot of depth to this. Because I know I fall short, and the first of this is the deceptive nature of our emotions. When you go, when we go back to this, um, the passage in Matthew, I see Peter standing and re- responding for a strong emotion, for an initial response, a reaction way. You can see that in the statement that he says. If all fall away, I will not. He had traveled with Jesus, seen countless miracles, saw everything that Jesus said come to pass. When Jesus said, stand up, be healed, that person was healed. When Jesus said, it was so. And now Jesus was standing with his disciples and he was declaring to them that what was going to happen? something's going to happen. I'm going to go somewhere that you cannot follow. Uh, Peter stood in defiance in that moment. Almost in our reaction, you say everyone's going to fall away, if everyone falls away, I'm I'm going to stand by your side. Our natural individuality or our natural self boldly speaks out his feelings. We can be very quick to speak out emotion. And in this moment, you can see Peter comparing himself to the others. He's ultimately saying, If others are not able to follow follow you, if others fall, if others fail, I will not. I will prove you wrong. I am better than all of them. You will see. Right? But it was Jesus that had said to them that they will fall away. So he's ultimately saying to Jesus, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know me. I'm not going to fall away. I'm not going to fail you. But Jesus could see Peter's failure even if he could not. Because we know God. God knows all things. He sees all things. And I don't believe that Peter was operating through wisdom and discernment, but, again, reacting in the moment. Not seeing things clearly. And it's very easy to make these off-the-cuff statements and declarations in the moment. We've seen the effect of what's been going on recently—all sporting events have been cancelled, pretty much. It's uh, oh. life has ended as we know it. Football has been cancelled. Oh no! I had a game that was scheduled for yesterday. It got called off because of the rain. Again. Ah. Oh. But you—you you look at the fans, right? how passionate they are, how they love their team, how they chant, how they cheer and everything. And you look at them at the game. When the team's playing well, they celebrate. When the team's doing badly, we hate them. The manager needs to go. They don't know how to play football. We're wasting our money. We should get someone else. in. We need to get another manager. We need to, The directors need to sort themselves out. Things, things work and they're like, yeah, we got the best team in the world. Yeah. And I look at that and I'm thinking, wow, actually, that's, that's kind of me. Because I can react in that way in situations out of just off the cuff declarations in the moment. How quickly can love turn to hate? How quickly can joy turn to grief? How quickly can trust turn to worry? And yet, throughout scripture, we're instructed to not worry, to be strong in the Lord, to to trust and obey Him. And in this moment, Peter was... I believe he was... had his emotions on his sleeve. You're going to fall away on account of me, Jesus said. I'm trying to picture Peter's reaction in that moment. Excuse me, what? Nah, no, 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 you got it wrong. Now I'm not going to fall away. They, they may fall away. I'm not going to fall away. You can count on me. He was operating out of a surface level love, I believe. Yeah, it's emotional. But our emotional love, um, that surface level can be easily broken. And we see it when we go to Mark, this, time, this account where Peter denied Jesus. Not once, not twice, but three times. Three times he had an opportunity to declare his faith to God in Jesus. Three times he had an opportunity when he was asked, weren't, weren't you one of those that followed him? He could have said, Yes, yes, I am. I followed him. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. I trust him. But he denied it. I don't know what you're talking about. You've got it wrong. Even at the end, calling down curses on himself and just swearing, I don't know this man you're talking about complete and utter denial and the challenge that I found in this is that we can, I can deny Jesus not just in my words, not just what I say but through my actions what I allow myself to see what I allow myself to listen to my very action can show denial of the Jesus that I declare as my Saviour. I look at situations in the past, when I used to work in in Argus. it took a long time before my faith was realised with the work colleagues there. And earlier on, questions would be asked about what I do, you go to church and I'd be quick to deflect those questions, or change the subject, or even give a shallow response, our fear of what they would think. It was only until later on, as my faith in God grew stronger, as I realised just how much God meant to me, that I could begin to say, yes, I go to church on Sunday. Yeah, I don't sleep around. I'm not one that, you know, is out every night on the booze. How, how do you get by? Because I don't need it. God's enough. Yeah. I remember having a long conversation with one of my colleagues, and he could not grasp, he could not understand how I, bold statement, how I've not slept with anybody. He said, How, how, you've not lived. I said, You don't know me. Because I've lived. I've been to places I can, you know, I could never imagine I've been to. I've had encounters that would take your breath away. That is not everything. And you see Peter just... I look at Peter and you read this passage and I I relate so much with him because I can see some fear there, I can see that worry, I can see that concern. But also you're here, it's almost like a a good film you're watching or a series on TV when when you get so frustrated by the situation. It's like, why are you doing that? And I'm looking at Peter thinking, why are you doing that? Why are you saying no, you don't know him, you were just with him? Oh, goodness, Peter. I look at myself thinking, I've been in that situation. I've been there in my own way. But then we see this moment, the sensor of what I'm sharing in John. And this is the revelation of the piercing question. What is that piercing question? It's four words. Do you love me? Do you love me? See, the true love that God seeks is contained within our inner spiritual self and is discovered only by experiencing the hurt of that piercing question. If we allow that question to actually penetrate deeper than the surface levels, right into the depths of our hearts. True love, I believe, never just simply declares itself. If you look at couples, relationships, marriages, not that I have a lot of experience there. Yes, thank yes. you. <laughs> but if you have a look at those, those, what I've seen anyway, is that people don't make a declaration of love in the first minute of meeting somebody. It's like, hi, I'm Tom, hi. And insert girl's name here. <laughs> 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 you don't know, you know, you say, like, in those moments, hi, I'm Tom, hi, whoever. And you say, oh, yeah, I love you. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe you're doing something wrong here. I don't know. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> I read that emotional love is characterised as the way a natural man loves a good person. But what I see here is Jesus is not asking for an emotional response. He's asking for a complete commitment, surrender, declaration from the heart of hearts. True love that he showed poured out within us. The love of God is not created, it is his very nature. It is his very nature. And we are united with Christ through the Holy Spirit so that his love is demonstrated through us. It's not an emotional in-the-moment response, it's something that goes much deeper. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 to 13, we read, For the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And I believe that in this moment, Peter was completely uncovered before Christ. In this moment, he was completely laid bare before him. As Jesus called him aside and said, Simon, son of John, Peter, do you love me? He was laid bare in that moment. I often wonder, how would I respond if Jesus was standing before me and asked me that very question? I don't believe I could give a quick answer or react in the moment if we understand the true depth of that question, I think it's impossible to think and respond properly. Because when the Lord speaks directly to us, the pain is intense. I just want you to grasp this. When we are out of line with his will, when we've fallen short, and Jesus says, do you love me? We feel the pain of that question. Because we recognize our failure. We've recognized, I've fallen short. But, this is where it turns. Because even though Peter was grieved, you see it the third time, he was grieved, you've asked me a third time, do you love me? He was her. He was awakened to the fact that at the centre of all that he was, he was completely devoted to Christ. There was no need to throw up a comparison, there was no need to try and prove it, look at what I've done, Look at, yeah, yeah, I love you more than them. In that moment, you can see it in his response. You know all things. You know I love you. (laughs) Completely different response compared to when it was around the table. I believe this was the revelation moment that Peter needed. There was not a need for an impassioned response or an external display. He appealed to God's nature. You know all things. You know everything. You know my shortcomings. You know my failures. You know I've let you down. But you know, in the depths of all that I am, you know that I love you. The amazing thing is, Jesus knew it. He saw it. He knew how Peter loved him. But he it, it almost wanted Peter to realize it. The depths. Of that love. Peter did not try to prove to Jesus how much he loved him. Though on his surface level that emotional love was prone to crumble and fail, in the depths of his heart he was completely devoted here to Jesus, completely devoted. You can see in Peter's response his enthusiasm, his rashness, it was removed. There's there's almost a calmness from the humbling experience that he had through his denial of Jesus. There's this calmness that was before him, just saying, Yes, Lord, I love you. From the depths, it's not not an emotional feeling. From the depths of all that he was, I love you. And sometimes we need to be broken to realize our true devotion to Christ. It's all fine and dandy when things are going well. But when we hit a rocky road, in that moment, we've got to allow that question to come. Do you love me even in the rocky road? Do you love me even though it's, it's hard? Do you love me even though there's people against you? There's resistance. And in that moment, to allow a true devotion to Christ to come out and be willing to say, yeah, it's hard, I don't understand, but I still love you. And then thirdly, we see the requirement and the result of true love for Christ in a simple statement that Jesus said, feed my sheep. After each response, Jesus stated that Peter was to feed his sheep feed my sheep." In essence, he was saying, the true devotion of your love, you've realized it. You've realized that love, and I can see how much you love me. Now don't sit on it, go and walk in it. Feed people. The people need to hear of me. Go and feed them. Tell them. Share with them. In 1 Peter 5, 2-3, He says, be shepherds of God's flock, that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Being examples to the flock. Without true love for Jesus, I find it hard how we can love the flock. If we're not completely devoted to Jesus, how can then we show that the devotion that Jesus shares for us to the people He wants us to go to? I realize that feelings and emotions can let us down and let me down if so I can speak out of anger. Like, you know I can let anger fester up. I can let doubts to creep in and worry to keep in creep in and our feelings and emotions can let us down, but true devotion to God can help us persevere. I believe that Jesus was saying to Peter, pour yourself out. Go feed my sheep, pour yourself out to Don't testify about how much you love me, or a revelation you've personally, personally received. Go, Go, feed them, speak to them, equip them, instruct them, direct them, share with them all that you've learned. Um, a quote that I found uh, from, I'm trying to say the name right, Kostenberger says, Supreme love for and loyalty to Jesus is the prerequisite or the requirement for significant service to our Lord. Supreme love for and loyalty to Jesus is the requirement for significant service to our Lord. That supreme love, I kind of see in Jesus' question to us, do you love me? Penetrating deep, piercing deep. And we heard a couple of weeks ago, Marco shared about the Great Commission. and He shared about how, you know, it's not just for some, it's for all. For all who follow Jesus, who all believe in his name, we are to, to go spread the word. I don't believe I can go and do that faithfully and obediently if I have not understood the very nature of that question that Jesus has asked. Do you love me? I don't want to go and just be led by feeling and emotion. I don't want to go and be, and be led out of that devotion to Jesus, be led by all that he is, working through me by his spirit, trusting and believing in his name, not worrying, not walking in fear, not walking in doubt, but no matter what is thrown at me, I can say, I love you, God. I love you, Lord. And no matter if people say, questions at me saying, do you really believe that? I can stand and say yes. Do you really, do you, are you a follower of Jesus? Do you go to church? Do you, go to, do you really believe in God? I can stand defiantly and say yes. No matter what they may think. Just to reflect for us, my question would be is where are you do we need to hear that question personally where we're at are we do we relate to where Peter was around the table are we almost making these declarations but then seeing them fall away as the week goes on or do we just need to hear that question that Jesus asked Peter three times do you love me do you truly love me so that we can really grasp the intensity of what he was asking and say yes. Actually, you know what? My all-in-all says yes. See, I, I, I believe that Jesus wants Peter to love him more than he loves other people first, more than his natural profession, excelling in loyalty and a willingness to sacrifice for his master. In closing, that's the question that I want to present to all of us. If Jesus was standing in my place, and he was looking at you face to face, and he said, Do you love me? What would your response be? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk